Happy holidays, college basketball fans. I am Timmy Hall alongside Evil Bald Colin. Evil, we've made it to episode 30. Can you believe it? Timmy, no, I, I can't believe it because it, it feels like between, uh, I forget where we stopped last season to where we got to now, it felt like a full calendar year. So the fact that we're at 30 already it's kind of impressive, but we've been going pretty much once a week now at this rate since the season started, so I guess I can't be too surprised. We got to do it, so we're going to get uh, the podcast. will keep ticking on up as we continue through this college basketball season. However it looks, we've had thoughts from coaches. We talked about Coach K's comments on the last podcast when uh, we also had a nice visit with a very good college basketball reporter. He covers the Buckeyes and pays attention to everything. Adam Jardy was on our previous episode, if you want to go and give another listen to that, or if you missed it from before. So that was great. We we saw our, our team and our market here, Ohio State, suffer their first loss of the season, suffer its first loss of the season to Purdue. So we know that that conference is just going to be an absolute bloodbath this year, but we got a lot, so much to talk about, still a bunch of postponements and cancellations. We know for, for podcast listening purposes, that's it's not the most important thing, but as we're recording here on uh, December 17th, it is uh, closing in on Christmas. I know uh, the kid in me is starting to get excited for that, and I want to have a few days off from my normal job so I can just sit back and watch any kind of college basketball game that uh, comes up on the TV screen. We'll have uh, a mid-major flavor. We will uh, actually, in, in honor of this book that's coming out about John Thompson, me and Evil will give you guys our coaches that we would most want to read an in-depth book about. There might not even be uh, books that exist for these uh, picks, for these selections that we're going to make, but I think you'll be intrigued to hear uh, both of our guys who we speak about. So we got a lot to get to, and it's all coming up here in episode 30 of Mad About Hoops. <laughs> to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner across the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He, he makes it. It. He hit it. He, Turner. it. he hit it just inside of half court. Lane's on the other wing. He finds oh. oh! 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 Sent it in, Jerome! Is March Madness. All right, here we go as we are right smack in the middle of week four of the college basketball season. It's so good to spend a little bit of time with all of our college hoops lovers out there. Man, uh, I know we talked about college basketball gifts a little bit on the last pod, too. And I, I for one, like, I don't know what I want, but I know... I want some kind of new shirt or some kind of book or some kind of item that I can display in the house. I, I just don't know where to go with that, Evil. Yeah, when I, well, I said on the last pod when we were talking to Jardy that actually I bought my gift, and it was the national championship jersey that Gordon Hayward wore when he missed a long range shot. But that's besides the point. The well, point it was a half-court half shot, court shot, man. I mean, what did you expect? That to actually go in? <sighs> well, I like the pick. The pick by Matt Howard. <laughs> it was a really good pick. 
Um, so but Kyle Singler, I believe he, he buried Kyle Singler on I that think, pick. I think you're right. But besides the point, in terms of when I think of a gift, I, I don't think it, there's actually like something you can go online and search and pick out for me. I more get mine from when I'm attending a game per se. Like it's almost like a like yes. some memorabilia yeah. you pick up when you're there. Like uh, going through Hinkle is one of the biggest things for me. Getting anything I could get my hands on that resembles what Hinkle Fieldhouse really is. Like getting hands on stuff in like the gift shop or something when you're there, or maybe it's a souvenir cup. Whatever really suits what you prefer. I, I like getting my hands on at the game. Not something I buy online. You know, now, now that you've gone there, see, now now this has taken me to an emotional place now. And, and I, I would also, because I've had so much fun doing this with you, and we, we're good work friends, we haven't really gotten to spend a, a, as much time as I've wanted to uh, away from work. But I've, I've talked about this before. Ever since I moved to Columbus, Ohio, we live in, in a great city standing alone. And another thing that is great about where we are regionally is you can get to a lot of major hubs within a close drive. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't have to necessarily, you don't necessarily have to hop on a plane. Like you don't have to do it that way. If you're okay taking a four to five hour road trip, which I kind of like those, if I'm being honest. And now, especially with, uh, without even taking a commute to work, you have been one of the guys (laughs) that goes into the office, but I have not had a commute to work in forever. So I'm, I'm itching to do that. But my college basketball trips with my buddy who I met in Raleigh, we were both covering college hoops together. Uh, his name's Jake Lloyd. He lives in Washington, D.C. He actually, you would like this, he does a little podcast that may even be less listened to than this one. It's about American hoops, AU. That's incredible. Yeah, out of the Patriot League. Because he's, a co- he's a college hoops lover. He's mad about hoops, just like you and me. He lives the lifestyle, so that's why we get along. It's it's perfect. It's a match made in heaven. He's doing that with, with American hoops and uh, covering anything that he can within uh, close proximity to where he lives in the district. But we have been meeting each other for one, possibly two games. I told you about the time where we, we hit a Dayton Flyers basketball game and on the same night hopped in the car and hightailed it to Indianapolis to catch an NBA game oh at Conseco. And incredible. It was it was wild to hear how much the fans appreciated Lance Stevenson. I think he was with in his second run with the Pacers when we saw that game. But I uh, that's sort of been the college basketball gift, you know, that we talk about. It's not a tangible thing. I'd pick up a physical item everywhere I've gone. I might get something for myself, bring something back for my son. You know, I went to the Palestra mm-hmm. this last year, the last one that I got to do before the pandemic hit, and. Uh, Got the kid a couple things. I, I I love my coffee mugs, really. Like, from the arenas, I've got my Hinkle Fieldhouse oversized coffee mug that's just got a beautiful outline of the arena, of the of the venue, and I've got a nice pen coffee mug as well. I like to drink my coffee and actually believe that I was smart enough to have an Ivy League education. That's, that's what goes on there. But I, I want to get back to going to a basketball game. I want to go to a basketball game with you. I would even want to take a little trip, go down and maybe catch Louisville at, at uh, well, the KFC yeah, Yum Center the, the or, fu- or Rupp. Haven't done Rupp yet. I don't know if you have. I have not, no. But the funniest part about it is that we talked about that Xavier Butler game, and I had to do something with work-related. We can't get it scheduled. And well, we, so hard. We had a chance, and then that was going to be the game, and it happens to be the buzzer beater by Kamar Baldwin. So that would have been an all-timer. But, um, yeah, no, my I, I've been kind of regional in terms of my game 
attendance. So I, I kind of agree with you on that. I, I would like to get out more outside of maybe just the Midwest. Like, uh, I've been to OU. I've been to Cincinnati. I've actually never been to a Dayton game, which is uh, oh, a little my. disappointing. But, Are you um, serious? It's a well, hot, we know, it's a hard well, ticket to get, man. All your all your Dayton loving buddies know that you're a hater on this podcast. I'm not a hater. I just nothing, didn't nothing but badness for Dayton hoops. No, I just <laughs> I just I thought they were good. I just didn't think they were as much as people hyped them up to be last year. But that's besides the point. Um, it's phenomenal though the arena. And look, it took me yeah. several years, and well, I lived just, an hour they just east. Re- uh, they just cleaned it up, renovated too. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, just walking it back. Here's what I've done uh, with college basketball trips. And it's always I'm thinking about this now because we're talking college basketball gifts and whatnot. And I would always do this around the holiday and it would never be a very high profile game. But, you know, me and you, it that doesn't matter. Really what doesn't matters, matter. what matters is being with someone that, that, that you love, that enjoys the game as much as you do grabbing a hotel somewhere, going out and getting drinks in the city's bar district or wherever that is, and enjoying the venue. Like, my love, just as much as the game itself and the teams, I love the gyms that they're played in. And oftentimes, that means the smaller, the better. It's why I'm loving this book. You got to read the Feinstein book that came out about uh, back roads to March, where he just covers small conference teams only and gets in-depth on some some stories and details about it. But... Hmm. I, I've done uh, Pitt, so I saw uh, the Pitt Panthers' newish gym, the one that opened around the turn of the century, and that was very right. cool. I, I saw Cincinnati before they renovated it, Fifth Third Arena. That was great. Spent the night there in the Queen City and all that. We got Hinkle Fieldhouse done. We got uh, Dayton done. We did the Palestra this last year, and we saw Indiana. And the IU trip... At Assembly Hall was the only one that we did where we had to hightail it back because uh, I had to get some work done the next day. So couldn't spend the night in B-Town and check out Bloomington. But that's what we've done. And then, of course, hightailing with my it son. Out of, hightailing it out of Bloomington uh-huh. is not very uh, – that's kind of an ironic term to use when trying to get out and <laughs> getting out of there. Oh, man. You're, you're saying that's probably what you should do, right? Get a ga- you catch should the try game and to, get the hell out of town, it, right? I mean, because if you, if you wait around, the traffic might get really bad and then you're toast. No, Indiana fans, I've nothing, no dirt on your town. Absolutely I, not. I it's saw just, it at it's night. It's tough getting and that's out of it. there. Yeah, and I would, I would like to spend uh, some more time there and and check out, you know, where where all the fun happens at night. But I'm missing that, man. I, I really am, and I I cannot wait. And I've said this before, and I know you agree. Sports is not really truly back until we get a packed house. That's when the celebration will be for me. Yeah, I, I think that's for more sports, some certain sports more than others. And I, I think our sport is in that category because we talk, about, oh, yeah. we talk so much we about miss it more. how the environment is really like 50% yep. at minimum of what the sport actually is. And we, we were talking about the uh, Purdue-Ohio State game the other night and uh, playing a Mackey, and it just it feels weird. Like it doesn't feel, it almost feels like you're just doing scrimmages. It's just, it's, it's how, that's how different it is without fans. Evil, before we talk about uh, the coaches that we would most want to read a book about, Mm -hmm. and, you know, this is also that time of year where people get to do things like that. You're so busy with your jobs, and maybe you get that nice little year-end shutdown at work. I've always loved the idea of that. We don't have that in the radio biz, but we do, uh, you know, hold some PTO days until the very, very end and then get a few days off. But before we do that... 
Uh, where were you when you heard about this Keontae Johnson news and what was going through your mind with the Florida's fantastic basketball know. player this past week? Well, first off, again, what day was that again? Because I, I, I think I could... This was over the... We, this was Saturday or Sunday. Saturday this or was over the weekend. Sunday. I Honestly, I, I think I might have been at the station because we were preparing for a game broadcast. Maybe? Yeah, I th- we, we had... I know we had uh, an Ohio State football broadcast to do even though they didn't play and Buckeye Hoops as well. Oh, that was on Saturday. I th- I think I might have been out and around and shopping and whatnot, but I, I did see, I, I saw the f- the flow of tweets from, like, Goodman and Rothstein and whatnot, and, you know, I, I didn't really know what it was at first. And I, I saw the, the context of it, and I was like, okay, hopefully he's okay. But then I actually saw the video of it. Which you had to search for, yeah, you know? You, you kind of re- had to go to the dark webs, the dark interwebs, or well, people it was on Twitter weird. that are unverified. I, I yeah. honestly didn't see it until... Uh, ESPN, like a sports center, actually showed it, which I was okay. kind of shocked. Maybe they showed it like early. Like sometimes they'll do the initial, right. and then they'll say, "Okay, that's enough of that. We we're not going to keep showing that." Yeah, I saw it. It could be touchy. I, I I honestly couldn't really tell without if I wouldn't have read what Goodman and them were talking about. I really w- wouldn't have understood what was going on. But it was just one one of those things in sports where you see something happen, and it's like the players know right away, like waving out the the uh, support staff saying like. Hey, something's wrong. Like something needs to be done right now, type of thing. Guys were crying. Yeah, it, it and just, it's understandable on both sides, and they didn't know. I'm surprised that that game continued. Yeah, I that's that's another thing, and I know they talked about how both Mike White and Leonard Hamilton were both. Uh, I think they, they were shaking. They, they kind of. Okay- I think they maybe didn't know what to do. Yeah, at, at that point, it's just it's so in the moment. It's such raw emotion. It's it's kind of hard to really put yourself in a position of the players and coaches and staff on both sides of that. But um. Yeah, just from an outsider per- perspective, viewing it, I was in like a state of shock. I I really don't know how else to put it. It it's tough, and and if if guys you did not hear about that, Keontae Johnson is how would you describe like the position that he plays? He's a forward, but he's just a he's a beast. Yeah, you know? he's I, just a scorer. He's averaging like twenty a game. He's one of the best players in the country. Yeah, I I would kind of consider him like a. What would you call it? Like a stretch four? Like he can yeah. go up, but he, yeah. he's also got, he's got he's got guard capabilities. Yeah, he's kind of like he he's can a, handle he's a it. Yeah, he is a tweener. He he was throwing down a thunderous alley oop, which is what's shocking about this. And I, I don't think anything has to do with. Well, weren't they coming out of a timeout? Wasn't that the thing? He was going into a timeout. Oh, going he just into sla- okay. He just slammed in an alley oop dunk, and as long as you're out there exerting energy, it doesn't matter that he that he gave a little bit more to get up to throw in a dunk. He's probably done that hundreds of times, thousands of times over his career. This was something that was going wrong inside his body. It was just going to get him eventually, right? There's no reason when or where it's going to strike. But man, did. Uh, did the famous, did the tragedy of the famous Hank Gathers in that story run through my mind watching this? Like that's, that's the one uh, evil, and it, mm-hmm. how great of a basketball player he was going to be as a professional, and how we were robbed of seeing that, and that it all ended with a collapse in the middle of a game. That's the only other thing. Yeah, that's I'm, what I'm this a little, looked like. I'm a little young, so I, I don't get yeah, the reference but, as much, but. Well, I mean, you just pop up the 30 for 30, yeah. you know, and just it's another thing. You can just spend some time over the holidays if you're looking for a it's a tragic story. But just to uh, to hear, you know, how Hank's teammates and everybody that was close to him, how they have have kept his legacy and uh, kept his memory is kind of uplifting and what he meant 
But that's that's what was going through my mind. So thankfully it didn't get to that. But Keontae Johnson who just collapsed while he was going to the the huddle after you know, throwing down an alley oop in the game, and he's it took him a while to regain consciousness and watching this play out. But I, we saw this release. Uh, from Florida that said Keontae Johnson continues to show truly encouraging signs of progress as he undergoes tests and further evaluation at uh, UF health. And he and his family have again expressed their gratitude for the outpouring of love, prayers, and well wishes. And here's what's, here's what's interesting here. uh, Colin is that Florida's non-conference games in the next week are all going to be postponed. That's interesting. Florida Atlantic, Florida A&M and James Madison. They had games for December 19th, 20th and the 22nd. So it was going to be a packed week. Oh, and wow. you know, what a big move that is, right? Because just with COVID alone, everyone's just trying so desperately to get games in if you can do it if you're healthy and don't have the positives, but they're taking some pause to look out for a guy who's very important in their family and someone that they love and they think this is the right move, and you know I, I stand with them in, in making that decision. No, yeah, I, I certainly understand why they make that decision, and it's fully within their right to do it, and it's good on them for being brave enough to make that decision because I, I know right now it, it's so hard to turn away possible games that you can play because sure. you just don't know what you can play, but without a doubt they're doing it for the right reasons, and I totally understand that. Uh, but, but in terms of that Florida team, just talking about the team in general, the uh, – White's team has been kind of hit or miss the past couple of years. Uh, Nemhard, who transferred out to Gonzaga, was probably one of their better players within the past couple of years. So they, you really didn't know what you were going to get with them this year. And they, they, looked, they looked pretty decent early on. Um, but hopefully they can get back on track and hopefully Keontae gets better and everything and you know they can get their season back on track. All right, we're going to do a few more things here in this podcast. It's episode 30 of Mad About Hoops. And by the way, you got some college basketball lovers that you know, and they're looking for some new content. Tell them about this podcast. It's easy to listen to. Somehow they let us on all of the major platforms. I guess, you know, I guess they do that with almost anybody. We do have professional microphones, so that's cool. And. You know, maybe one day the break that we're about to take won't be like zero seconds long. It'll actually be filled with a sponsor. Maybe not like Conan's three-minute State Farm sponsor, oh, but God. whatever whatever we would get paid to do. I, I like money, don't you? Yeah, I can't say I hate it. Yeah, it, it could help buy some Christmas gifts, you know, and help <laughs> uh, lessen the burden here at the end of the holidays. But we're going to talk about those two coaches uh, one for me, one for evil that we would most want to read a book about. We got a mid-major flavor to gush about and some of the key games coming up this weekend. So uh, a quick zero-second break, to you at least, and more of Mad About Hoops. All right, Tim, I know you brought up this idea before we hopped on the mics, and it's about books about people in college basketball, more specifically coaches in college basketball, past or present that we would want to read in our downtime. You kind of been spitballing a lot of names in between the breaks, so I'm really kind of curious of who you're actually going to choose, but you can well, go ahead. This, you know, I, I love a lot of coaches out there. I've, I've always spoke uh, spoken very fondly of Leonard Hamilton. We just mentioned uh, he, he was on the other side of the bench there for that Keontae situation that we were talking about. But he, he's too big time. He's big he's time, a, but he's also kind he's of quiet. I, I don't is. know what you're going to get out of him. He's underrated. Yeah. And, and I'm, I, I wouldn't mind reading a book about Leonard Hamilton and his journey. You don't see – the thing about him is you don't see guys coming you know, back from the NBA and having major success in college basketball. Or you, you don't see guys that have had sustained success in both places. 
put it that way. Yeah, he, one but, way or the other, yeah. But but hold on. I mean, I, I'm looking at his profile now. He, I, I guess I really would want to know why he went to the NBA in the first place. That's a because great question. He's, he's a college guy. I I was getting ahead of myself. He he hasn't. I thought his time in the league was a little bit longer, but he was only with Washington with the Wizards there for one or two years, from oh, 2000 wow. to 2001. So really, he's a he's a college dude that had one little blip in the middle of the road, and that would be interesting to hear some stories about why he took that opportunity, how quickly he came back, because that that actually just feeds more into what you and I would believe, right? You're kind of made for one or the other. You yeah, don't really he, see a lot of guys do both. I mean, the system that he plays with that team, yeah, 100%. He's meant for the college game. But just as a coach as a whole, yeah, I, I, I don't see like the Billy Donovan in him. I don't. No, no. You got Billy Donovan and Brad Stevens, a couple of these guys. But then you have the John Beeline disaster. And there's <laughs> oh one gosh. that goes kind of for what we're thinking, that you, you kind of side with one or the other. But I, I, I tend to look more the mid-major routes if I want to get a book and really like read some stories that mm -hmm. not a lot of basketball fans are going to know about. And again, I point back to, to Feinstein's book. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have him on the podcast, too. I think he would be... He would be brilliant. I follow him on Twitter. If you guys don't, the author, John Feinstein, it, do yourselves a favor and do that because his recall, and that's why he's written so many best-selling books, just his memory, like, it's it's astonishing. Like, the, the things that he can just drum up for a conversation that he had with Dean Smith or Roy Williams, but the book about the back roads to March is just great for anyone who loves the mid-major flavor like like you do. And he had one uh, uh, one chapter about Fran O'Hanlon. And Fran O'Hanlon is a longtime coach at Lafayette. And his record is 343 and 406, hmm. right? Like, it's not a great win-loss record, but he's a really well-respected coach. He kind of became a head coach late in the game because of his playing career. And then he's in the Patriot League, you know, and they were one of the last conferences – you know, since the Ivy League to to finally go back to uh, athletic scholarships. The Ivy League, I mean, being the only one still that's holding out. The Patriot League was also one of the last holdouts right. to uh, go back to that. But I, I don't know, man. I think I got to go and look at Rick Bird, who just retired from Belmont. You love this guy. I got the approval from you yes. to use Rick Bird as my selection here. I don't know... If you're a fringe college basketball fan and you just study the Blue Bloods and pay attention to the top 25 scoreboard, you've never heard of Rick Bird. But this guy's got over 800 wins in his career. 805 wins, 402 losses. He had this Belmont team in the tournament all the time. So you always noticed them on your bracket. And I think through, you know, joining Belmont in 1986 and just retiring here in 2019, there would be some amazing stories to be told there. We had one of their players on this podcast. Yes, it was Nick fantastic. Mzinski, yes, he was really good. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal. And Nick had some great things to, to say about Rick and what it was like playing for Belmont and going 27 and 6 and or uh, I'm sorry, that was the year before, but having another fantastic season and then having the tournament robbed like it was from so many other athletes. But that would be my pick. Evil is uh, Rick Bird of Belmont, who I'd want to get more in-depth on. Yeah, I like it a lot. I, I, I still feel like there's a lot I still need to learn about him, even though I love him so much. Um, 
Yeah, it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the guy that I'm going to pick because mine's kind of a homer pick if anybody who knows me knows which teams I like. But I, 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 if you're an outsider to Butler, I, I think when you hear the name Hinkle, you think of Hinkle Fieldhouse, obviously, because it's the iconic place where Butler plays right. basketball. But, but you, I know nothing about the man. I'll actually, admit it. Yeah, I don't. most people don't know the story behind Tony Hinkle. And I, I didn't I know think, his first name. <laughs> and I took the trip to the to the arena, and it's one of my top five venues. Well, I didn't take the time to learn that. Take a quick guess Stupid. on who decided to change the color of the basketball to orange. No. Tony Hinkle was no huge in the process of changing the color of the basketball from brown to orange back in the 50s. Are you serious? I'm 100% serious. This guy... This guy's Naismith-like. <laughs> and he lived in those days, I wouldn't too, go so. that far because his success was very local-driven. And What I mean is he's, he's from way back when. I think he started basketball coaching at Butler back in, like, 1926. So we're talking a lot of, like, pre-NCAA tournament dominance type of era of basketball so it was more of like a localized Midwestern schedule they always played, a very Indiana Central. I think the the conference they played in for the most of the time was just basically schools in Indiana per se. Um, but he he was really actually in he was instrumental in the process of eliminating the rule that actually back then in college basketball you had to have a jump ball after every basket, and he was implement he implemented what? new rules wow. to take that Imagine out of the game. That. Imagine that. Yeah. So he was. He was really. He was a really great guys. Coach. Let's just do an inbounds pass, huh? <laughs> yeah. Go figure. That's probably <laughs> a good idea. Let's use that for tie ups, okay? And just maybe like two or three of those in a game would be cool. Yeah. So he had, he had he had five hundred and sixty wins as a college basketball coach, but he actually coached football and baseball too for the university. So this guy, I mean, you want to talk about doing it all? This guy spent forty, fifty plus years alone coaching multiple sports within a single a single calendar year. And this guy was very well known for being a big 10 killer, actually. So he dominated big 10 teams when he would play them in uh, regular season basketball games, because they didn't play a lot of national tournaments. I, he only went one and two in the NIT. So that just kind of gives you a perspective of how the game was back when he was playing. That's how long ago he was in the game. Uh, yeah. He, you, he, you, you know what? You win, <laughs> you win with this. Is there not a, you know, I'm looking this up right now. Is there not a book about Tony Hinkle? There, there probably, probably is. Something about but that's him. the thing is, I'm just thinking of the first guy that came to mind. Sure, because sure. I, well, now I know what to get you. Here we go. <laughs> Books a Million. Target Tony Hinkle by Howard Caldwell. $21.99. Coach for all seasons. Yeah, he, he's really an interesting figure because people You're really... You're welcome, Howard. They, they only know him because of his last name and it's attached to where Butler plays basketball. But they really don't know just quite how influential he was to building what Butler eventually became. Because, again, he coached. No, man, started, I, I love it. He I love started it. coaching basketball at Butler in 1926. He had a little bit of a gap where he went to go coach with the Great Lakes Navy for football a little bit. He did about a year or two there. Came back, did basketball, and then also a little bit of baseball. He did that until from he started in 1926 and finished coaching at Butler in 1970. That's amazing. 1970. Yeah. A Hoosier legend, Hinkle worked from 1934 to 1970 as Butler's head coach of basketball, baseball, and football. Back in the day, man, isn't that wild? That's How incredible. If you just loved sports, you were a sports guy. You could be the coach of everything, right? That's that era, man. <laughs> you I mean, have to specialize. Th yeah, that, that era, when you're talking about great coaches, good chances are they coached multiple sports, not yeah. just one. No, that's phenomenal. So Rick Bird for me, Tony Hinkle, 
for you. And I, I since we're doing this, I got to look and see if there's actually a Rick Bird book. There's got to be, be. It would be maybe one from the Belmont printing press that's available in Nashville, right? Like just at the sure. campus bookstores or something like that. Rick Bird, no, I don't, nothing's popping up. You can't win that I many could be games the author, and not maybe. have. Well, you could. Be. I could take this on as a project for the next ten years. You could. Let's get to know Rick. He's the nice enough guy. He'd do it too. It's, who oh, the hell are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Some I, idiot I, out of Columbus. Okay, sure. I mean, he's still based Set out. Of, he's still based out of that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you could go down there. Well, uh, all right, that was fantastic. We'll take another quick pause here, and we'll hit you with our mid-major flavor. Uh, this this is a team that never seems to get the respect that it deserves, and already off to a red-hot season here, and a few really intriguing games here to watch coming up on the weekend. This is episode 30 of Mad About Hoops. All right, it might only be five, six minutes long, but it's my favorite segment every time we do it. Mid-major flavor. Mm. Games of the I weekend. I like the bump, too, because Southern California is where I'm heading for mine. But go ahead. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little Red Hots. That, that's fitting here. I think they're from L.A., though. But I'll be going a little bit further south. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, first off, I want to give them mid-major flavor because I before the season, I can't give not really superlatives, but kind of categories and teams that I really thought fit that side category really well. And one of them was Dark Horse Sweet 16 teams. Now, I'm very disappointed because Northern Iowa was my number one Dark Horse Sweet 16 team because of star do-everything player A.J. Green. But Ben Jacobson already announced that he's getting hip surgery. He's going to miss the rest of the season. So Northern Iowa, it was fun while it lasted. but That's too bad. So The, ba- be the, the Bengals be wide receiver is not going to be there. <laughs> Except for at yes. least A.J. Green for Northern Iowa didn't just shut himself down like A.J. Green of the Bengals did in 2019. Fair enough. I can't, I can't, <laughs> this can't is a mid, with I that. mean, come on. This, we're talking mid-major flavors here. These guys play for the heart and soul and passion for the game, man. That, that You, you got to break someone's leg off to miss some time here. That's a player of the year, right? Missouri Valley yeah, last yeah, year? Yeah, Missouri Valley player of the year, and they... I think they only lost like five or six games last year, but they faltered That's in the uh, unbelievable. the yeah. Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, and I believe Bradley was going to be the representative. I could be Sounds wrong, right. but yeah. yeah, I think I think the Bradley Braves, the fighting Hersey Hawkins, I think mm. you're right about that. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But yes, Northern Iowa would have been had A.J. Green stay healthy, but that's not the case because my number two dark horse team is looking fantastic so far, and it's the St. Louis Billikens which oh. I still don't know what a Billiken is, but they have been awesome this year. They're 5-0. It's a mythical and thing. Yes, they are. They're 5-0 and at this point. They beat LSU, and I have a little bit of beef with Kenneth Pomeroy because how do you have St. Louis at 32 and LSU at 31 with the head-to-head matchup factoring in? How do we do that? I don't know. I, I don't know. But what I love about this Have you team, watched a lot of slew basketball? Have you been able to get uh, them yet? A little bit, yeah, I, because I'm very interested in them. Because, again, this is the type of team that you really need. When you're looking at a mid-major that's going to make a run in the tournament, you're looking for senior veterans, which they have plenty of. They have Hassan French, Javante Perkins, Jordan Goodwin. Those three right there are good enough to carry that team to whatever they want to do. But they're getting great contributions from the rest of their team. They're very deep. It kind of feels like... I don't know if it's appropriate to use, but it feels really good to where I felt with uh, the Wofford team a couple years ago. where They just had talent upon talent, and they were oh, much man. better than what the SoCon really was. They went out and beat 
uh, Seton Hall in that first round. Fletcher and, McGee, yes, baby. Yes, and gave Fletcher McGee gave, can, gave Kentucky a great game in the second round. But this is the no type of doubt. Team, this Should've is the type of team. Game. If you find this team as a, uh, I don't, I don't, I think they'll do better than like a ten seed. But if, if you found them in a double digit seed, good luck to you because I, I really don't know. Uh, how confident you could feel being the better seed in that position. But uh, St. Louis is without a doubt a team you have got to watch going forward because we talk so much about Chris Mooney's team and Richmond and how good they look. And they, they just completely obliterated Vandy the other night before getting obliterated themselves by West, or West Virginia. Uh, St. Louis is a team that probably won't win the A-10. I think Richmond will win it, but you do not want to see them in the tournament. Well, anytime you got two guys that are averaging 15 or more and you got almost a 20-game guy in Perkins, you're someone to be dealt with. And, you know, I was a kid of many random shirts with how my dad and my pop-pop shopped. I had a, St. Louis, I had a St. Louis shirt when oh, I was a kid. That's Isn't nice. that ridiculous? Like a kid growing up no, in Virginia? it's not ridiculous. I mean, I, mean, I have what, a, a Washington. What was that plucked from? <laughs> I have a Washington State one and an Air Force one. I mean, it's, it's all right, over the place. Yeah. So uh, you know, once they've probably found out Steve and Barry's, you know, they were in heaven. Like, oh, my God, the store. Or oh, yeah. Gabriel Brothers, one of those, which I think is now shortened to just Gabe's or Gordman's, those stores. Right. But uh, the Billiken is a charm doll created by an American art teacher and illustrator Florence Pretz of Kansas City, Missouri, said to have seen this mysterious figure in a dream. So if you look at it, there's like a little statue on the campus where it almost looks like a Buddha, you know, <laughs> like a certain depiction of right. Buddha. But it's a it's a St. Louis Billiken. So uh, real quick here, Evil, my mid-major flavor, and you can contest on this one, too, because I think there there might be an argument. San Diego State. Conference-wise, yes. Conference-wise, we wise, qualify that as a mid-major. It's fringe. Yes, yes, yeah. It, it still fits. We're good. It still fits all the criteria because this. Is, I mean, this I think is, so. It's a it's good program. West. It's a very good program, but they're not year after year consistent enough for me to kind of. They're not in the Gonzaga consistent level yet. Oh God, no, no. They're and not. I, I think that's kind of what. Not to the level the Gonzaga's at. Gonzaga's been doing it for two decades now, but I, I mean. Doing it for at least a stretch of, I need at least five to six years. But, I mean, does anybody realize that this San Diego State team was just 30-2 and two last year? Yes. I, mean, but I feel like even people at the top of college basketball are forgetting how good the Aztecs were last season. Winning their tournament or uh, winning their conference, going 17-1. and one. I, it's just an incredible season. And you mentioned the Flying Dutchman, Brian Dutcher, who is a Steve Fisher guy. He's He was at Michigan in the late 80s, and he's been with him there since 1999 at San Diego State. And he's 22-11, and 21-13, and 30-2. And now they just got a nice win at Arizona State, a top 25 win. They beat UCLA as uh, we're getting ready for a right. Ohio State-UCLA game. So they've knocked off two of the premier Pac-12 programs this year, and they're undefeated. They're 5-0. and it's, uh, They're my flavor, man. They're a, they're a very solid basketball team, and they don't seem to have like any one particular killer, but Jordan Shackle, you know what he's going to bring you? Matt yeah, he Mitchell, very, he, some of these guys. Very good last year. I, I think people kind of overlooked him. This is the start of the year. Let's give credit. I mean, we're only a few games into the season, so we'll, we'll get to a point. But I, I think the loss of Malachi Flynn, a first-team All-American, I, I mean, you kind of have some pause, especially talking about a program where 
you lose that top guy and you're, you're going to have people starting to doubt you. Now, I personally was not on that bandwagon. I thought they'd be pretty decent. But for them to come out the gates and beat those two, the top two teams that we thought were going to either win or be in second place at the Pac-12 and just took them to school, like, that's impressive. Yes, I'm wondering what year that was when they were a one seed. I mean, was that was that a Kawhi oh, team? Oh, it might have been. It had to be 2010-2011 where they were 34-3. and three. So that was that was the team. Let me see. It might have been. Was, could that have been Kawhi Leonard? I feel like he's there's no way, right? He's been in the year and I don't he's know. been in the league. Now you're, now you're making me second guess myself. No, it was. Yeah, that was Kawhi. How could it have not have been, right? Like he's their guy. I feel like ever since Kawhi Leonard departed San Diego State, the whole entire college basketball world just stopped caring. But yet, even afterwards, even when it was Steve Fisher finishing up his run there, since that season where they were 34 and 3, 26 and 8, 23 and 11, 31 and 5, 27 and 9, 28 and 10, 19 and 14. They've pretty much been the class of the Mountain West. And I, I, I do want to say real no quick love. a name that we didn't mention in that list of players that San Diego State has. And he's kind of been slow out of the gates, but it's a name you have got to watch because of these grad transfers from these small schools that play really well and step up to the level and see how they do. I, I want to see how Terrell Gomez kind of progresses with the Aztecs because this was a guy who he played for our guy, Mr. Gottfried, the Godfather. Down there at Cal State Northridge, he averaged. Old I think Mark got. I think he averaged like close to twenty three points Our a game guy. down there, and they just put up points like crazy down there. I, I wonder as he starts to get more comfortable in the system, and like we're seeing here in Columbus with Jimmy Sotos, I wonder as he gets more comfortable in the system under Dutcher, how will he progress? Because if you can get him up into about a 14, 15 point range, which is he's technically he's very easily capable of doing. If he can get to that point, watch out because this team's going to be really dangerous. Well, Eva, let's quickly have a little run through. We got a lot of postponements and a lot of cancellations. And like we've said, for this being a podcast and you're going to kind of listen to it throughout the week at your own pace, things could change. So we would urge you to check your favorite college basketball scoreboard to keep tabs on what is going out and what is also coming in. This being December 17th, when we're recording this in the middle of uh, week four of college basketball, we did see that Virginia is picking things back up as they've had things paused for a while. And they're adding a game against the number one team I believe in same America. With, I, I believe Gonzaga. Same with Baylor. Baylor's also picking back up. So that's good to see. Yeah. And we missed the Gonzaga Baylor game. That was one that we were robbed of. So uh, Virginia is going to play the Bulldogs. That's not going to be until December 26th, and it'll be in Fort Worth, Texas, mm -hmm. is where that game is going to be, I'm reading. So we will be able to get more on that in the next pod. Uh, and by the way, you were mentioning the transfer there when you're finishing up talking about San Diego State. The waiver went through this week on yes, Wednesday. The ridiculousness really big. finally stopped. How stupid was that? Yeah, that some guys were able to start playing this year <laughs> and you have to wait till seven or eight games in before they finally get their heads out of their asses and make that call. Well, as a, as a Butler fan, it's really frustrating because, I mean, give all the credit to the world to Jair Bolden, the transfer, who did get his waiver approved when he left from South Carolina to Butler and he played really well against Villanova, but the guy that could be leading the team in Bo Hodges that transferred in from East Tennessee State could not play because it, they, they waited too late into the night to make make the decision on that. And he, uh, 
it's frustrating. I, it's I tough, totally man. understand. Yeah. Every, every fan base that had to do Notre with Dame it, had one. I totally understand it. When Ohio State played Notre Dame, Trey Wirtz is a guy. So yes, from Santa Bo, Clara because Ohio Bo State was Hodges. in on yeah. yeah, Bo Hodges. Did you mention DeAndre Williams from Memphis? Uh, yes. Ben Stanley at mm-hmm. Xavier. Uh, a lot of guys that are going to get uh, – and what that is, everyone, it's just it, the transfer – a lot of times, obviously, there's different reasons for if if we're not to an age yet where first-time transfers are totally free. It's coming we'll go next in year. that route. It's coming next year. And while we were giving a free year of college basketball, we'd already long since decided that this was a free year of eligibility for all sports. And it took until now to decide that the, the transfers can get the waiver like quickly. It just... It didn't make any sense why there was a delay on this, but that's the way we roll when we're all under the NCAA umbrella. It's very frustrating all the time. So quick glance at the games, little game ranker here going through the weekend. We'll take it through Sunday here if you're catching this if, pod. If we're going to start Thursday, there's actually some really Kansas, good... Kansas-Texas Tech. Yes. Kansas and Texas Tech tonight in that's the Big very 12. Good yeah, one. Thursday night. I, I'm going to keep an eye on Creighton St. John's. St. John's isn't very yep. great, but I, I do want to keep an eye on that. And then uh, Jays are, have lost two, two times already for a top 10 team. Two more Thursday games, obviously the Seton Hall Marquette game. Still no Bryce Aiken yet, so I wonder what Willard is going to do there uh, oh, with that team. It, it, he, yes, he is. Uh, that's going to be a really good game. And then I'm also interested, I talked about St. Louis already. They're going to be hosting NC State on a Thursday night. Should be a good one. Also, my mid-major flavor, San Diego State, the Aztecs, 5-0. and They're taking on BYU on Friday night. That one is going to be at uh, 5 o'clock. Aztecs getting some respect, though. I like to see that they're in the top 20. They absolutely deserve the ranking right now. You go through the weekend, you've got the CBS Sports Classic little switcheroo flip-flop again. The Buckeyes needing to win to stay in the polls, I believe. They'll take on a good UCLA team, pick to win the Pac-12, and North Carolina is now going to play Kentucky in that contest. Iowa and the Zags. That's the class of the week, man. That's you got Louisville and Wisconsin also coming up on uh, Saturday, but I mean, you can just stop at Iowa and Gonzaga, can't you? Well, you can <laughs> also incredible. you can also put in the, the mini tournament we love, we enjoy, we endear, and we want the state of Ohio to implement it. It's the Crossroads, Crossroads. Classic. There you go, baby. Yes, Indiana. I, I mean, IU Who's and Butler but- got in this one. So they they have Indiana, Butler, Indiana, and Purdue and Notre Dame. Yep, that's right. And you got Illinois Rutgers, some Big Ten basketball, a couple of top 20 teams. That's going to be on Sunday. Your UConn boys, they also will host Creighton to end the weekend That's on big. Sunday. That's a big That's game. one to watch. And uh, last one on Sunday that I can see, Michigan State, top five team taking on Northwestern in some Big Ten action. So, man, I can't wait for it. I, we'll, we'll try to do one before Christmas. We're going to have to We're gonna have to have go early. Yeah, there's, so it's interesting because Christmas – there's actually Big Ten games on that day, and then I, I believe Ohio State, for our reasons, purposes, plays on the Saturday, the 26th. So, yeah, there, it's going to be jam-packed. We're used to that w- a couple of days right before Christmas where you get the last couple of games in, and then you have that about you a week, bit of a break. week yeah. to 10 days off. Yeah. It's really not going to be a whole lot like that this year because of how backloaded everything is. So get ready because there's no letdown. No, there's not. I can't wait for it. I might even be taking some equipment to my parents' place in Virginia <laughs> to try to do some Ohio State basketball work wow. while I'm while I'm on the road. So I'm looking for more portable stuff. If you know uh, where you can get a smaller mixer, why don't you just let me know? Because <laughs> this old Ramza WR133, that's actual, that's radio equipment lingo now. This thing is about the size of a desk. I mean, it is... 
it is gigantic and not very portable. But this was a fun episode, Colin. A lot of good stuff uh, jam-packed in here. And uh, if if we don't get you guys, well, we will be here. But if somehow this is the last episode you're listening to, no, I'm not even going to say that. I'm not even going to say Merry Christmas yet because we'll get one we, we before should, Christmas. We should be able to. It's It's a jam-packed week, but we'll find a way. All right, everyone, be safe, be healthy, enjoy some college basketball. This has been Mad About Hoops.